It's about having fun and sharing conversations. Arrow.net. A-R-R-O-E.net. All right, let's do it. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories. The struggle to play it forward. Episode number 464 is with Gary Gennetti, author of Start Without Me. Hi, Arrow. What's going on? How are you? Hey, before we get started, someone wants to say hi, Arrow. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, it, no. He said no. <laughs> he said no. He doesn't want to say hi to you, Arrow. He, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> Gary, Gary. Right, you got a double, sir, so you got 18 minutes, so take it away. I love it. Gary, do you ever get put in a situation like that where it's like, you know, kids say the darndest things? I, yeah, I have gotten put in. You know, well, the kids never, they always, you know, say the thing you don't think they're going to say when you want them to say something else but there's always there's always comedy in that because you sit there and you look at them going first of all i'm grateful i'm having a conversation with a child because i love it when their words start coming to life there's so much innocence and yet there's so much reality yeah totally although i don't have kids so i'm gonna go by your word (laughs) but but, but in a way (laughs) let's let's take the route of julia cameron with the inner child i mean i mean you're a very creative person that that creativity is coming from a child inside is it not uh, you know what? I actually do. Ki- I kind of subscribe to that. I think it's like, you know what it is? I think it's just like staying in touch with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, do you ever have to go back and answer that? I mean, and the reason why I bring that up is because after 43 years of radio, one of the questions I keep bringing up in my daily writing is someday I'm going to have to look at that kid in the eyes and say, thanks for the ride. It was fun, but it's over. Do you mean, I don't know if I'm going to have to look at my kid again. <laughs> I guess that, <laughs> I, I haven't thought of that, but I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that, and I think that's a good way to think of it. We got to talk about this this book cover. I, it is the most unique thing, and I only hope and pray that you are going to market it as a poster or some sort of thing that we can put up on the wall. It says uh-huh. so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good cover, isn't it? It it it's a brilliant cover because it really kind of explains where we are mentally, physically, and where we want to go. I mean, it's like I'm just going to be me, and and you know what? I'm going to be me, and if you don't like me, that's okay. I like me. That's <laughs> I had I, that's a good way. You know, they presented the book cover, and I was like, I I would never wear two different socks, but I like it. It's not me on the cover, obviously, but I love the way you just encapsulated. I, I think that's kind of a great interpretation that I didn't even think of. So yeah, that is totally that. When you sit down to write a book such as this, I mean, I mean, you really cover some areas that are just so authentic. I mean, the time with 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 Carol Burnett and the inspiration from Carol Burnett. I thought I was the only kid who loved Carol Burnett, but I'm I'm, I'm seeing a different picture here. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, Carol Burnett. I think also, you know, when I was uh, a lonely kid and I watched TV, the people on TV were my friends, and Carol Burnett, also sometimes, you know, when you watch a show, no matter what your age is, it hits you at that age, Mm -hmm. you know, when you need it. Do you know what I mean? And um, I felt so adult for watching something that seemed so adult when I was so young. And she was so warm and kind and funny that it was just like I was obsessed with spend, you know, spend getting to spend time with her it was like spending time with, you know, a, a close friend. And to see her perform live. I mean, that's still one of those moments. That, that was a Beatle moment for me to be in that audience about three rows back and just to experience her. 
What did you see her in? Did she, you go to a taping of the show? No, no, no. It was she was on a tour. There, all all the like Liza Minnelli was on this tour as well, and and so they came to Charlotte once a month, and we all got to go be in the Bloomingdale Performing Arts Center, and they they brought their show, and and to experience it was like, I mean, there was comedy. It's the one on oneness that she had with the audience, where we yeah. asked questions and stuff like that. It was it was like I'm going, wow, this wasn't an act. This is really who she is. Yeah, I know. There was something about that. The you know. Obviously, you know, most people care about that show. Maybe they've heard their parents talk about it. But yeah, there was something. She asked questions from the audience. It started every show. It was, you know, it was it was bringing you into her world. And um, yeah, you don't, you know, she kind of pioneered that. So now in saying that, and, and as I was going through your book, Start Without Me, um, one of the things I kept going was, oh, this needs to be in a comedy club. Oh, this needs to be in some sort of arena. He needs to bring these stories to a live audience so he can see us laughing with him as a writer. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's a nice thing to say. You know, I did. I, I was in um, Brooklyn last night and reading the actual Carol Burnett essay. And also, Arrow, I didn't know yesterday was her birthday. Oh, my God. So it came out on her birthday and I read this essay that kind of, you know, honors, you know, my relationship to the show last night in front of an audience. And um, yeah, it was nice to get a response. You know, you never know what people are going to laugh at or not laugh at as well when you're kind of reading. So it was it was a neat experience. Now, I'm also a writer and I love those moments where it falls from the writing instrument. I, I use a Mont Blanc. And when, when something falls from the nib of that writing instrument, that makes me chuckle. I, I literally I, I go, wow, I can laugh. Right. I mean, I realize it just came from me, but we can laugh. Right. Yeah, Totally. Are are you are you a long form writer or are you on the computer? No, computer. Are yeah, you? I never long form. Wow. Yeah. But do, do you ever yeah. do you ever do you ever long for that opportunity to see that handwriting to see what it looks like when it comes out of you? No. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm just happy anything comes out. Uh, I don't like so really No, I'm just so you know, just to get anything out is a torture. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when it comes out though, I mean, on this side of the book though, I'm not feeling torture. What I'm feeling is I'm feeling somebody who who is sharing these stories that it's it's almost like what Dolly Parton says. Country music really is sharing a story. Your 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 essays are exactly that. You're you're taking us to a place in a time where I don't have to deal with my time right now because you you now own where I want to where I am. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's just it's a torture to actually do the writing, but in in and of itself, what it is isn't. You hope when you write something that's personal, and this is the second book of essays that I've done, and but still, I feel like, um, and it's the last that I'll do that has of a nature that's you know a memoir, which is kind of going back to my childhood and young adulthood. You hope it will connect with somebody. You hope somebody will find something that they can connect to that even if it it wasn't their exact experience, they don't have to be me, my age, gay from Queens. You can be anything, but maybe recognize certain experiences and feelings. Like you you hope that happens because as you're writing it and when you're writing about your own life too and you're getting specific, your first thought is, who is going to care about this? Yeah. You know, who will possibly care about it? Like, am I so full of myself that I think the, the minutiae of my childhood is of any interest to anybody? You know, you get that kind of devil on your shoulder, that, that kind of, and you have to say, 
well, what I said is, you know what, I've read so many books from other writers that lived a very different experience than me, but it spoke to me and it can, I connected with it. So you kind of have to take this leap of faith that I, I hope I'm, it will connect with at least one you know, person who reads it will recognize a, you know, a kindred spirit. You, you not wanting to go outside. I could I connected with that because that's where I built my radio station. That's where I grabbed my yeah, Legos. See? and Oh, see, I, I, I would not go outside at all because I, I, the solitude of my bedroom was where I wanted to be at all times. And it drove my parents crazy. Yeah. Now, look, though, but it worked out for you. I mean, you know, we're drawn to the thing. People are worried, but it was like, you know, you were right. You know, you turn your bedroom became a studio and <laughs> you you created the career you wanted for yourself. Do you think that's because we don't want others to feel the way that we do, so therefore we do everything that we can to find ways to communicate with them? You know, that's <laughs> astute, too. You think deeper than I do sometimes <laughs> about that. Like, I hadn't thought of anything, like, quite in those terms. But, yeah, you know, possibly. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. It's always just this longing. I, I think human beings long for connection by nature. And I think there are different ways to connect. You know, I still am a very private person, even though it kind of seems like, well, how can you be private if you're writing down everything and you're sharing it with complete strangers? But, you know, they, they can both coexist. So I still am that same person, but there, I still feel like. Is that because of, because I, I, I had a book, One Man's Thousand Twenty One Thoughts and Another Thousand Twenty One Thoughts, and I said, no more. Okay. I, I can't do it again. Oh, same. <laughs> be, because it, because I, I don't want to go live in my past. I, I've got too much life to live in front of me. I don't want to live in that past. Yeah, it's not for me, it's not as much I don't want to live in the past. It was nice to be able to revisit it in a strange way, because I actually am not a person who lives in the past. I'm not a very nostalgic person by nature. I love pop culture. I'm very much about the moment. I don't I don't long for I haven't watched the Carol Burnett show in many years. It's not like I'm like I haven't watched it. Probably I've seen clips, you know, throughout the years, as, as you maybe happen upon. But as a child was the last was the last time I watched it. I kind of felt like I ran out. Of the, you know, I had there's just so much I wanted to say and I've said it. Mm-hmm. You know, I always believe know when to leave the party. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question from one writer to another. When you release books like this, all of a sudden you've got cleared space in your creative heart. That what something's got to be uh, charging up your new batteries. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm kind of I needed yeah, to take a beat. I was also working on a TV show at the same time as I was writing the book and, oh, wow. and you know, it was also COVID, so we were so it was a lot of writing inside for a long time. So, yeah, after I kind of needed um I needed a moment to kind of see what that was going to be. So, I'm still kind of in that process, Arrow, but yeah, I'm ready to kind of do the next thing. I I always like the next thing. Oh my god, discovery. I think that's what it is. I think I'm I'm addicted to just discovering things as a writer. Yeah, like, yeah, what it is that I would want to do. You know, I have to feel strongly about something in order to do it, especially at, at this stage. I've been doing it for a while. And, you know, you, know, you learn what it takes to get something um, from your head into the world, whether it's, you know, a TV show or a book or anything. And you really should have a strong passion for whatever that's going to be because that'll drive you through it. I, I really want listeners to understand that this book is such an important part of today because they need to really kind of embrace their own story like you've embraced your story. But the thing is, though, is what I love about you is that you didn't hide it in a box underneath your bed or in the attic. And you, you can't be a writer hider <laughs> in a situation like this. People need to get their words out there. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I also feel like why do you if you're if you're a writer you writing unless you're a, you're keeping a journal which is a different thing and that's what what you want to do and it's very private and it's a way of kind of self-reflection or therapy or anything like that but if you're a writer the whole point is to communicate so you know it's kind of disingenuous to be like coy about well i only want or this audience. Yeah. i want everybody to read what i do i have very like i i have there's nothing about me that's the slightest bit literary snobbishness like <laughs> i feel very much i am you know i'm from the neighborhood that i grew up still that i'm i still go back to i i just feel like if i'm writing something and i'm getting out there i hope i hope it can reach as many people you know as it can because that's the point right if you're writing you want to communicate and if you want to communicate you want to reach as wide an audience as, as you can not a specific audience well you're gonna think i'm a freak because i take my daily writing my journals and i put them in podcasts and the only reason why is i go because i'm convinced that there's no way i'm the only one that has this emotion and and, and it's time to reach to that person to say come on let's let's team up you're, let's create yeah. a community <laughs> you're right you're not the only one yet yeah, we're never the only one we think sometimes we are and then you find you know there are so many others and and it's a nice kind of way to feel not alone in some of the thoughts we have so when when you write for television and you write a book like start without me is that two different personalities and do you have to put one in timeout while the other one gets to play not really i um i've written for many years for family guy and that's a very specific um kind of writing in animation it, it animation and that particular show allows you kind of a lot of freedom and the comedy can be you know other of many different varieties but writing a book that feels a bit more personal and it also allows me not to worry about being as joke heavy mm. as you have to be on something like family guy i have a little bit more space to breathe and also on a show like family guy i'm writing you know there are um, many other writers on the show so it's a much more collaborative process writing for tv whereas writing uh, a book is a much you know it's solo so each has its um, pluses and minuses but yeah I kind of would rather you know just have I just go into the space of whichever thing I'm in oh my god when you talk about that space there it's a writer's high and and it's like I mean a couple of hours can go by and it's like I don't care I was on that ride I loved it <laughs> I've never I haven't been on that ride Arrow <laughs> I've never had a writer's high <laughs> you're lucky <laughs> no you're lucky because uh, mine you... is mine is thank god that's over <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky because you had parents that got you involved with music I, I couldn't convince my mother to get me to let me play the piano and stuff like that so I mean oh, at least you've got that vibe inside of you as a writer where you can you you know you've got that four four time going on that's interesting. I, you know, that that's interesting. Yeah, I was forced to take piano lessons, you know, because I wouldn't do anything. You know, my sister was very good at it. And then I was younger and I also had to take them, too. And I didn't practice and I was forced. And my mother would say, as you know, moms do, you know, that uh, thank her for it one day. And of all the times she said that, the piano was the time she was right. I did <laughs> thank her. She was right, because even though I still can't play, well, yeah, I can read music. And it's hard to learn how to read. You know, as a child, it's, it's like learning another language. I would never have learned as an adult to read music. And um, so all of those years, even though I was miserable when I was doing it, yeah, I, I am grateful. And you're right. It does do something. Um, it just 
you know, it, it teaches you something and it, in the way that you're also kind of thinking and hearing things. And I also think of comedy, you know, for me, comedy, so much of it is, um, is rhythmic, you know, people, it's mm -hmm. rhythm, every word, every punctuation I choose is there for a reason. A lot of the sentences are run on, sometimes the grammar is not perfect, but it's the way I want you to hear it in your head when you read it, because it needs to sound a certain way. Oh, I'm so I, I'm so in touch with that because my last book, um, my punctuation sucked and I knew it did. And, and I had to convince my editor, you've got to let if, if I say walking, period, and then and I and I and I would put four words together with periods. And she goes, you, you can't do that. Why not? It's the way that I'm speaking it. it. And Mark Twain says you've got to use your own language and your own accent to do your own style. Yeah, I, can, I didn't know Mark Twain said that, but yes, he's right. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, you have to. I had a similar thing, too, with a lot of I have sentences that go on and then within them <laughs> there are parentheses that go on. So it's kind of like it's like, well, it doesn't like it's, you know, that's how it what is that? But that's how I intend it, you know, and it should when you're writing it, it should sound however you want it mm -hmm. to sound. So there are, as far as I'm concerned, there are, there are no rules. I'm not writing the, the New York times, you know, it's, there's, it's not, you know, a research article or I'm, I'm not a, you know, a journalist. So I'm writing my thoughts. Right. So did you have any wine glass moments where you sit down with a glass of wine right behind the computer and all of a sudden you go, Oh, we're going to make this steamy only because you, you dropped the guard a little bit. Uh, that's a, I never do that. I never drink uh, and that. I never have anything. It's like, it's what I have after I've never had anything while I'll have coffee, you know, things yeah, that kind of yeah. amp me up caffeine. But I, sometimes, you know what I, what I have done that hour, you know, it's like you, I might've had one or two times had, had like a glass or two of wine and then written a little. And I think it's funnier than it actually is, is the problem. Oh, I'm like more, right. I'm, I get too amused with, I'm like, Oh, that's good. And then the next day I'll look at it and I'm like, Oh, you know, I was a little, yeah, I let myself off a little easier than I should, I should have. It, it could be, yeah, better for me that, you know, I need to kind of be totally like alert. Yep, it's yep. a similar, if I were playing the piano and I had like, I, again, I, I'm like, okay at it so i could i can play but if i had a glass of wine and then i had to read music i would make like a million mistakes because i have to be so focused in order to kind of you know clear my mind of, of what needs to be cleared of so i can just kind of um focus on that so when do you write the musical <laughs> I don't know. I always wanted to write a musical, so maybe next. I, I, I could totally see each one of these in, in you know, going, go let's say, to, to the Blumenthal here in Charlotte, and, and, and then and let's just say there's there's uh, five or six different acts, and it's all brought together with music as well as your writing. I, I could totally see something like that. Nah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Thanks. So now what what's next? I mean, I mean, because I mean, you're you're a very creative person and you know, you can't just turn this stuff off. And yes, it drives us crazy because that's where we get our fuel. Yeah, I'm not sure what's next. I'm kind of thinking of a few different things, maybe another animated show or something. Nice. So I'm kind of just, um, yeah, I'm kind of getting ready to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. So then like, I only only because I know that you didn't like going outside as a kid. So when we were in lockdown, you had to have been in heaven because I was. Yeah, I didn't. You know, also, I'm lucky enough to live in L.A. And well, Charlotte, also, the weather is, is lovelier than it is in New York. But um, 
I, you know, the weather was great and I could go outside and go for walks yep. and be out, you know, so it wasn't like I, I was fortunate enough that I wasn't com- confined to, to something where I, I didn't have access to that. So, and I worked from home and I wrote from home and watched a lot of TV. <laughs> so yeah, I was okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gary, you got to come back to the show anytime in the future. I love talking with you. You've got so many stories and you have so many connections uh, to, to people that need to hear your word. Thank you, Arrow. I really appreciate it at any time. You bet, man. You'd be brilliant today, okay? Thanks. Ditto.